And finally, you come to data. What's the smallest data set that I can generate that gives me the insights that my people can enact to drive the results? And by taking this approach, what you'll find is, firstly, you've always got results at the front of mind. Those results will be your North Star, they'll be your guide, and that helps you make sure that the data isn't driving where you go, you're driving towards the results that you're trying to get. Hi, and welcome to Helping You Perform. I'm your host, Paul Teasdale. Over a career working with high-performing teams from across the globe, including seven years working with Formula One team McLaren, I've learned a lot about what it takes to drive results. In this weekly podcast series, I'm going to be bringing you tips, tricks and insights from the world of Formula One that you can apply for your organisation for your own high performance. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to episode three of the Helping You Perform podcast. This is where I bring those tips, tricks and insights from the world of F1 and most importantly, help you to apply them to your organization. In episode two, we covered off why is F1 relevant and applicable to your organization? So whether your challenges and opportunities are to do with regulation, competition, innovation, data, whatever that might be, there's always something that you can learn from the high performance world of Formula One. And if you want to find out more, go back to episode two or contact me as well. In today's episode, I'm going to cover off why data-driven decisions and data-driven projects need to have data last. Now, this is one of the early lessons that I learned in, when working with McLaren. We'd have clients come into us, and as it happens, the two examples that I can think of were both uh, drinks manufacturers, um, one of whom had come to us after they'd invested in big data projects, the other one beforehand, and you could see the difference that that made. Now, the first one that came to us, a well-known fizzy drinks uh, manufacturer that I'm sure you're aware of, came to us having invested tens of millions of euros in a local site. Now, this bottling plant had had lots of new servo motors put in, it had new data capture pieces come in, and instead of capturing their data on what was a sort of minute to hourly basis, they now had second by second data. The problem they came to us with is, what do we do now? We've got all this data, what do we do with it? Now, the second example, which was a, a beer brewer and, and bottler, they came to us and said, we are thinking of investing this money. What should we do? How do we get the best data outcome? And how do we get those insights and high performance analytics from the world of F1 built in to what we do? Now, interestingly, this data first approach, we're gonna capture all the data, we're gonna see what we can get from it, is, seems to be, you know, that sort of big data element, seems to be the best way of capturing as much as you possibly can and then seeing what insights you can generate from it. But we went back to the world of F1. How do they operate in the world of F1? Because F1 is a highly data-driven organization and sport and team. There's loads of data being captured. In fact, during a race or during a race weekend, it's often known as one of the world's biggest 
data experiments because so much data is being transmitted around the world, analyzed, reviewed, and then actioned upon. So in this world where data is so prevalent, you would think that the idea is let's capture more and more data. But if you think about the world of F1, how do you capture data and how do you get data to you in order to do something with it? You put a sensor on the car. You put something there that captures that data and transmits it back either in real time or later on. Now that, no matter how small it is and how light it is, adds weight to the car. And as you're probably aware, extra weight means lower performance. It actually goes against what you're trying to drive. So you've got to have this return on investment uh, view on is the data that I'm going to capture going to be worth it so that I can get more performance out than is going to be taken away from actually capturing it in the first place. And what I've done over uh, the years there is I've learned about how do you frame this in a way, generate a framework that helps people to think this through in that sort of way. How do you understand what is the right data set and ultimately the minimal data set, the smallest possible data set that you can look to go out and get that's going to help you with the performance you're trying to drive. And that's what the rapid performance framework is all about. Now this is my attempt to wrap something up and help you to have something that's easily applicable to your organization, your project, your performance, whatever that might be. Now rapid starts with results. What are the results that you're trying to drive? Are you clear on what you want to achieve and the how you want to achieve it as well? Actions. A is for actions. What are those things that are at your disposal that you can do that actually has an influence on the results that you're trying to drive? The P element is for people. Who are the people? What are their capabilities that you need? What roles do they need to play? What are the team situations? How do you motivate and manage those people in such a way that they make the best decisions and enact those decisions for the actions that you're trying to drive? We're going back up that chain. I is for insights. And in my rapid performance framework, in, in a bit more detail, I'll give you some uh, details at the end to how to go and find out more. But there's a difference in my mind between data, information, and insights. Data is the what, information is the so what, and insights helps with the what now. So what are those insights that help those people make the best decisions so that they can take action and drive results? And finally, you come to data. What's the smallest data set that I can generate that gives me the insights that my people can enact to drive the results. And by taking this approach, what you'll find is, firstly, you've always got results at the front of mind. Those results will be your North Star, they'll be your guide, and that helps you make sure that the data isn't driving where you go, you're driving towards the results that you're trying to get. It also helps, in my experience, operations teams or people who are not technical drive data-driven projects and data-driven improvement ideas. Quite often in the organizations that I've worked with, those data projects are coming from the technical side, the IT element, or people who are looking to bring in new technologies because it'll generate more data, 
on the assumption more data means more performance. So you can take control, no matter how technical you are, no matter how data savvy you are, you can take control of what those projects should be and keep those teams and those uh, ideas and those projects focused on the results that you're trying to drive. So imagine for you, what would that mean? Would that mean that you can avoid investing tens of millions of euros? Would that mean in, you would avoid just generating a whole new data set for the sake of it and all of the headspace that goes along with that? Because ultimately, more data for people means more decisions. What do I do with this? I've got all this information flooding at me. I came across a great term called infobesity, which just so much consumption of data and information that's around us that people are frozen in the headlights. They don't know what decisions to make. So can we overcome that by having a framework that helps us keep results front of mind? So from here, I want you to go off and think about that project that you're working on right now, something that you've got ahead of you, maybe it's your team or your organization, and try applying that rapid framework to your situation and see if it brings you more clarity, more understanding, raises a few questions that need answering, but ultimately guides you in terms of that smallest data set that's gonna help you drive performance. Now, as always, you can reach out to me, go to the website at paulteasdale.co.uk and you'll find a link there to book a 30 minute free chat with me. No obligation, just wanna hear about your thoughts and your uh, application, your challenges that go along with this. At paulteasdale.co.uk, you'll also find the uh, title of Rapid and the Rapid um, online course is on there where you can find out loads more. You can, uh, you can get that and understand how do you apply it? You'll get some tools and techniques to help you move through it and apply it for yourself. There's also opportunities there to have coaching follow up with me off the back of it. But whatever value it drives from you, please go and check it out and see how it can apply to, to your situation. Now, what I'll do as well for the listeners of this podcast, I'll put in a special discount code. So HYP20. So Helping you perform gives you 20% off any of those options that are on there. It's not exactly the biggest investment in the world anyway, but I'm sure it'll be worth it for your um, situation, your organization and the performance that you're trying to drive. So today has all been about how do you get data-driven performance by putting data last. Now in next week's session, I'm gonna start going into a bit more detail, going through that rapid framework and focusing on results. What do you mean by results? How do you get clarity on results? And when I mentioned what you wanna achieve and how you wanna achieve it, what does that mean to you? And I'll give you some examples from the world of F1 as always, and application to some wider industries as well. Best of luck, drop me a line, please set up those 30 minute chats because I'd love to see how I can add more value to you. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Helping You Perform podcast. If you found value in this episode, please take a moment to like, share, or review the podcast. You can reach out to me at any time, either through LinkedIn or through my website at www.paulteasdale.co.uk. I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.